Hey everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Marketer Podcast. Every single week, we interview deep dive experts in one of the many fields of marketing to drop huge knowledge bombs for the best of the best and teach you how to take your marketing skills to the next level. This is episode 005, and we're interviewing Jason Myers. Jason is an expert storyteller with a PhD in history and many years of experience in copywriting. Presently, he's the content strategist for a company called Plum Voice. Today, he's going to sit down and tell us why storytelling matters for your marketing program and how to use storytelling to take your company to the next level. Jason, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you've done quite a bit in the world of copywriting and and done a lot of different sort of projects, is my understanding. So could you, you give us a little bit of a background about yourself? Yeah, sure. Not a problem. So as you mentioned, my background is really start off in, in the academic world. So I went to grad school for uh, for history. So I have a PhD in history from Loyola University of Chicago, go Ramblers. And then uh, after grad school, I actually stayed in higher ed for uh, a, a number of years in various positions. But what I ended up doing is working freelance on the side doing various writing projects. And then as more I got into it, I found I could parlay that into actually working in a non-academic way and I could be a writer and it could be something that could pay the bills. It could be very feasible. And, um, you know, in, in all honesty, academic writing is much, much more difficult than writing marketing copy. I always sort of laugh and we're like, oh yeah, we have this project we need done and I'm better about it now. But originally my question was, well, how long does it need to be? And, and they were saying, you know, you know, three or four pages and I'm like, that's it? You know, I was like, I have a 300 page book you can buy on Amazon. Like after that, anything is, you know. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> so I worked a bunch of freelance jobs and I was able, fortunate enough to get on with my current company, Plum Voice. So I started as copywriter there and I've sort of evolved into this general copywriter slash content guru strategist. And I, I've even started now to take on uh, analyst relations as well. It's sort of the, the next the next frontier for me professionally. Gotcha. That's fantastic. So that, that that's interesting that you brought up uh, kind of an interesting topic, which is, you know, clearly you have a lot of experience in a lot of different sort of writing backgrounds. What would you say is kind of the, the biggest difference between kind of academic and you know, kind of marketing writing in general, you know, kind of, and how does that relate? You know, is there, is there different styles of storytelling and things like that? And, you know, when it comes to those? Yeah. So I work remotely now, but uh, when I was in Denver and I, and I, I was working at the university of Denver, I took some, I did take a couple of business classes, I took this marketing class and the, the class was horrible. It was, it was one of the worst classes I've ever taken. And trust me, I, when you've spent 15 years in, in a university, that's, that's saying something. But anyway, the point is you don't have as much space. And that is one area where I still struggle, right? Because I remember saying to the instructor, she said, well, this needs to be shorter. And I said, well, if, you, if I make it any shorter, the person who's reading it won't have the context to understand why it says what it says. So do you want context or do you want it shorter? And she says, I want both. And I said, well, you can't have both. That's not how, that's, that's not how, that's not how language works. So um, right. to me, the difference between the sort of academic writing is academic writing, it tends to be much more buttoned up. You know, you don't use contractions. You know, it's very formal, very sort of rigid. I personally don't really enjoy it that much, um, but that's a big difference. And also in academic writing, you have obviously a lot more space. And part of the thing is there, you have much bigger ideas that you're trying to develop. And with that, you're not only just trying to explain what the ideas are, but you are presenting evidence to support your claim and then explaining that evidence. 
So that takes up a lot of page space, right? But the thing that I think helps carry over to business into more of a marketing approach is that even though you don't have the space necessarily to do as much of that as I would like, still having that ingrained necessity of context and explanation and you know what, what's the evidence? How do you know that? Just sort of that idea rolling around in the back of my head really helps to put into high relief what's important in the project that I'm currently working on, right? So if I'm trying to sell, you know, widgets, you know, explaining, you know, be really hyper-focused about, at least in the back of your mind, about why this widget is the is, is the right widget, right? Right. That's actually a great uh, point you bring up and kind of transitions well into kind of my next sort of question, which is, you know, I see a lot of people and they just, they kind of say things, you know what I mean? They're not really telling a coherent sort of story. They're not really going anywhere. They're, you know, maybe when it comes to their product, they're listing features or they're saying that it's great, but they're not really saying why it's great. And they're talking about where the idea came from, but they're not really giving context as to why the idea matters and how, you know, the idea was formed and, and what the journey to get from idea to where they are is and things like that. So in your own words, why does storytelling matter in regards to business? And, and particularly, though, a lot of my audience is startups. So why does storytelling matter to kind of early stage growth companies? Right. No, and that's a great question. And in one of my recent analyst calls, one of the analysts I was speaking with, you know, he said a lot of companies, what they tended to focus on is selling the sausage, not the sizzle. And, and this happens all the time. You know, I'm an internal copywriter for my company. And, you know, we have to sort of step back and check ourselves once in a while. It's like, we're too close to this. Let's take a step back, right? So part of the problem is, especially, you know, in startups, when you're putting in 80, 100 hours a week and you are so close to your product and your technology, I mean, it's, it is everything to you. And I understand that. But either it works or it doesn't, right? And to some extent, that's all that people need to know. If you're out there selling it, hopefully that means it works and that should be enough. You know, you don't need to get into the weeds about your technology and how... Uh, you know, it's like on that show Silicon Valley, you know, we're going to change the world. It's like, no, 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 no. So the thing with storytelling is you have to actually think of it as a story. And as simple as it is, or maybe as, as rudimentary as it seems, you know, a story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And part of the problem that I see a lot of companies do, or a lot, lot of people, a lot of, a lot of marketing materials out there do, is that they're too eager to tell people about what they do as you know, we're, we're a company X, we do Y. Let me tell you about company X, why it's so important that you go with company X. So they're too eager to tell and there's not enough sell, right? So what you need to do is, what's the beginning of the story? The beginning of the story is not what, what your product does, all right? That's actually the middle. The beginning of the story is your prospect's problem. Interesting. Yeah, that is a thing I see a lot of people messing up. And I, I think I kind of get what you're getting at, which is that, you know, people are so eager to talk about their product. They're so eager to talk about, you know, the specific features they have and things like that. And really, those are kind of necessary, but not sufficient when it comes to staking your claim in the marketplace, right? You have to take those boxes before the conversation even starts. And now you're saying kind of, why you? 
and you can't say why you without first properly framing the problem. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. So, I mean, think about someone, someone comes to your website and the first thing that they're like, oh, okay, I I need to, I want to know about the latest super widget. So I'm going to go to your website. So I Google super widgets and, you know, your ad comes up, I click on your ad and go there. It's like, oh, you know, what's this super widget do? Because you need that hook, right? And you need them to instantly see what you're doing. It's like, yes, I have that problem. I want to know more, right? So you want to be able to identify you know, you know, and if, if you have your, your marketing personas, you should know this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. You should understand the problem that you're solving at a fundamental level to be able to even tell the story you want to tell. Right. And so you start with a problem, right? So say you're not a morning person, you keep your phone on, on silent. And for some reason, you want a custom app that wakes you up in the morning, even though your phone's on vibrate, that kind of yeah. Overrides the silent, yeah, or something, yeah. If you want something like that, and then you know, how do I do that? I just want to, I just want to be able to press a button and do it. I don't have to go searching for all this kind of stuff, right? So, so then it's it's all about sort of empathy, right? It's putting yourself in in the buyer's shoes. And so, so your sort of kickoff is something along the lines of waking up to a buzzer gives you a migraine, something like that, right? Or does a does an alarm buzzer in the morning just make you want to punch your alarm clock, something like that? Or you know, how many alarm clocks have you gone through in the last three months because because you couldn't stand the buzz? <laughs> so my response is like, yes, I hate that sound. Right there, you go. Right. So once you get in that area, we're like, now you've got them, right? So you need to get that hook where you're sort of on an even par with them and you're on the same wavelength. The buyer's like, oh, this is what I hate, and you're like, look, this is what you hate, right? Yeah. Right. So you're connecting with them on that level. And then you're also showing that you understand their problem. Exactly. And so then once you say, okay, look, you've gone through three alarm clocks in the last three weeks. You know, this, this is not sustainable. It's like, but with app XYZ, you can easily schedule a different song every, every morning, you know, depending on the day of the week, say, you know? And so so like, all right, oh, okay. So I don't have to listen to to this horrible beeping sound. I can be woken up to a thing. I can schedule for whatever. So you have your situation. You have you know the impact. You know you want you want to quantify the impact this situation is having. You know where the pain point is. You know like what it's doing. You know so you've gone through three alarm clocks. That's not cool. You're wasting money. You don't want to be wasting that money. So. So here's your problem. Here's what the problem's doing to you. And here's the resolution. Like our app can do this. You can do it in, in three clicks. You can, you know, it's automatically got Spotify and Apple Music, you know, whatever. And you can set custom schedules and all this kind of stuff. So it's building out from the, from the customer's problem as opposed to saying, set it up in three seconds. It's like, well, set what up in three seconds? Like, why do I, why do I need to spend my time setting this up? You know, so, or like integrate with all your favorite songs. Like integrate what? Why do I need songs? Because you hate that alarm sound. That's why. Right. Yeah. So, so a solution without a properly framed question or a properly framed problem really isn't saying anything to anybody. You're just like basically walking around bragging. <laughs> you know what I That's mean? That's exactly right. So you need to start with the pain point. That's the big thing. Identify the pain point identify what the pain point does, you know, why it's a pain point? Well, because it costs you more money. Your Amazon bills go up, you, you know, your, your ice maker is going to run out faster and your, so is your, your supply of Tylenol, you know, from your animalistic vengeance of on your alarm clock, you know? Sure. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. So I really like that. That's interesting. So, so storytelling clearly matters 
really because, I mean, when it comes down to it, uh, if you're not properly framing and structuring a story, you're not really conveying the information that you want to, right? And ultimately, you're not going to reach the customers that you want to in the way you want if you're not properly conveying that information by structuring it correctly. And so as I as I think, you know, kind of, you know, I'm putting myself in the headspace of like a, a startup person, right? And who's saying, okay, I get that storytelling matters a lot. I understand that this is a really important thing. I want to start telling better stories to my customers, but I have so many contexts in which to do it. I only have, you know, a specific amount of time to grab them, right? There's a lot of limitations with like, you know, Facebook ads only allows me so many characters and I only can get, you know, so many people like seconds of attention from people and things like that. How do you take that kind of storytelling mentality? And, and as you kind of touched on earlier with academic writing, you know, you can context, 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 context. How do you tell succinct kind of stories in, in this context? And how do you how do you carry this lessons of, you know, how to tell a great story forward into kind of practical you know, business applications, right? Like I'm, I'm a startup and I want to tell great stories. Where and how do I do that? Yeah, that's a great question. And there's not really a simple answer for that because, <laughs> you know, it's the answer. Always, it kind of depends. Yeah, right? so yeah. You, you have, my favorite answer that I give all of my clients, it depends. <laughs> well, because you, you bring up some great examples for example, Google AdWords, you know, you've got 30 characters in your headlines. You got what, 80 or 90 characters in your, in your description. So you, you, you've got to make your point and you've got to make it quick. And Facebook ads, you want to be able to grab someone right away. Being able to translate one of these, you know, a hook, right? This identification of a pain point will depend on, on the medium and how much room you have to do that. And then, I mean, in all honesty, Writing is easy. Editing is difficult. So what I would do in a situation like that is I would pick my chosen medium, right? Let's just say you're doing Facebook ads, right? Look at what the restrictions are and just so, so have those in the back of your mind. But the first draft, what you should do, you just write out as long as it needs to be to convey what's in your brain, right? So you're saying that like you, you need to start off by saying like not – kind of look at the limitations that somebody gives you, right? But then before you put something into the limitations, write it out complete first, right? Like separate from the limitations. Set those to the side for the second. Yeah, yeah. Ignore them to begin with and just what do you want to tell people? Figure out what you what what do you want people to know, right? So, so if you're targeting a certain group of people, you know, men and women age 18 to 25 on Facebook, what do those people want to hear? Or what is their pain point vis-a-vis your product or, or what, what, whatever you're selling, right? And so you think about that and then you write out, you just, you know, brain dump. And you're like, well, our product is this and it does, and you can write it really informal just, just as you say it. You could explain it, pretend you're explaining it to somebody in the room and write out what you say. And then once you have all the pieces written down, then what you can do is you go through and you start excising, right? You just start cutting things out, figuring out what are the important words here. You have to be able to identify what the what the important words are, sort of take those out, you know, isolate those, and then figure out what those most critical words are, then take those and fit those into your limitations. 
And so then you can figure out, say you've got 30 characters, right? Like an AdWords thing. So I've got these two words and together those are 16 characters. So that means I've got another 14 to make these make sense. Then it's just a matter of plug and chug, right? You can invert them. You can just trying different things until you get something that you think makes sense. A lot of it is just finding the right terminology and finding a way to convey those terms that's going to grab someone's attention, right? And that's another part of storytelling that can be really challenging is a lot of it depends on sort of what your company's outward facing brand is. You know, for example, the Wendy's Twitter you know, very informal, you know, they'll, they'll roast people and, and, you know, it's re- it's hilarious and it's fun, but not all companies can do that, right? It's funny when my burger place does it. It's not so funny when my insurance company does it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, an insurance company, it's much more academic and it's much more sort of dry, What you know, you're not going to talk about cake stands or crushing burgers late at night. You know, it's more of a Joe Friday type of thing, right? It's like, just the facts, ma'am. But even in that context, you have to be able to identify what the important words or phrases are that constitute just the facts, ma'am, and be able to present those right from the get-go. And then, like in an ad word, you have your two headlines. So you can do your situation, your impact, the pain point, you know, what it's costing you, and then your description could be you know, how you're solving the problem. Or you can have the, the pain point be both the headlines and then put the the impact and the resolution in the in the description. You know, whatever fits. And a lot of it is again, this editing process is going back and figuring out what works and what doesn't. So would it be fair to kind of basically summarize all of this as a practical advice on how to write a great story is to first start off, think about who your audience is, and then just brain dump what you want to say. After that, you edit down into a bunch of different options, right, that you might have that would fit into the parameters of what you're trying to do. And then finally, Look at those options, think about your brand and think about who you're trying to reach, you know, and choose an option that sets up the problem properly for that audience, accomplishes telling the message that you want, you know, so problem, solution, you know, bliss, uh, you know, essentially, right? Like, and then, uh, you know, and then also keeps your brand voice of mind and fits it. So it's kind of a process of, you know, dumping and then just reduction, 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 reduction until you get down to what really kind of fits all of the parameters and accomplishes all of the goals. Would that be a fair way of saying like kind of what your your process is when it comes to storytelling? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think that's, that's a pretty good summarization. And the thing you have to remember is in the background, as you're doing all this, you have to keep these sort of building blocks in mind, this beginning, middle, end sort of framework in, because it's like a three-legged stool. If you take one out, it's just going to fall over. That makes a ton of sense. So what is the problem outside of, you know, we kind of we looked at like a high level of what the process is and kind of the differences between academic writing, which I think a lot of people, you know, most of us went through at, at least high school, right? And so we kind of have an idea of kind of maybe not high level academic writing, but that sort of writing versus business writing. And we've covered a lot of sort of things, but, you know, what sort of actionable takeaways when you look at companies that are trying to tell stories and they're either failing or they're doing something really right? What's some things that you see people doing really right that you think more people should be doing? And what's some things you see people doing wrong that, you know, they need to stop? (laughs) 
um, you know, it's funny because if you're out looking for a job, right? One of the things that you see so often in job ads is uh, ability to communicate clearly, critical thinking, these sorts of what we, we tend to call soft skills. And, you know, the ironic thing is that pretty much anyone who went to college and has a humanities degree, you know, has these skills. You know, these people ha- have this skill set and they tend to come from writing heavy disciplines. And so the thing that the companies do right and they do wrong, and this is sort of related here, is they put in the time not only to tell a good story, but to present it well. Right, because the way you present the story, you could have really good ideas. You could understand the pain points and the impact of those pain points, and you might have a really good handle on how your product addresses those. But at the end of the day, if it's still poorly written, <laughs> if the actual flow of the actual prose is not good, full of grammatical errors, you know, using the wrong prepositions, you know, it sounds so simple you know, using less instead of fewer or fewer instead of less in the right context, you know, these sorts of things, people may not necessarily process it as that's why they don't like it. Someone who has more of a writing background will. And so I think that what companies are doing right are most likely doing, and the ones that are not, are not investing the time and the money into good editing and into good writers. The average sentence length that you can use for holding someone's attention is 14 words. If you go longer than a 14 word sentence, it can become too confusing, too complex. And so the idea then is, and this sort of gets back to what I was talking about a little bit earlier and sort of the difference between academic and sort of business writing, where academic writing tends to be very long and full of jargon. But, you know, think like Hemingway. Hemingway is the king of short, succinct powerful language. And so write shorter, write succinct, instead of just throwing a comma in there, put a period and move on, you know, identify subject, verb, you know, again, it it gets really sort of nuts and bolts here, but that's what makes good writing, understanding what words are and how they relate to each other. I think the companies that tell good stories simply have good writers, people who can actually string together a sentence well, because it may not even be the sexiest or the most, wow, blow your mind story, but at the end of the day, is it effective? And good writing will be more effective. So what you're seeing is that a lot of people have a good handle on, you know, what the problem is and then what their solution offers, but they're just not putting in the work um, or maybe are misunderstanding, you know, the need to actually tell a succinct and well-written story that's easily understood by everybody that they're trying to reach. Yeah. And when you have something that you think is ready and, you know, you and I have friends that we've both worked with it, you know, I've said to them like, dude, you need to let me look at this before you send this out. Cause this is trash. Like I know what you're doing here, but like, I just, I need, I need five minutes to clean this up and then it will look so much better. Just having the wherewithal to have, to be able to step back and look at something and say, okay, I've given it my best shot. I need to get it out really fast. I need to get this done. But taking the extra five minutes to have an extra set of eyes that knows what they're doing, look at it, can make a huge difference. Because then if you run off to Kinko's and you make a thousand copies of this thing, you're passing it all over the city. I mean, you're going to look like an idiot because you know you're like, oh, what's well, good enough? 
And I think that's one of the biggest problems that you see a lot with business and marketing writing is, you know, the whole 80-20 rule, it, it certainly applies, right? You know, 80% of the way there and we're good. I think that that's true for getting something to the point where it needs a final set of, of eyes, right? Right. Yeah. So that last 20% matters when you're trying to present your company to the world, Right. Yeah, so 80-20 until you get to that whatever that final draft is. And once you're at that final draft, that's when you really need to get that extra set of eyes to really get that fine-tuning. Right. And as an aside, I find a lot of marketing, you know, deadlines, most of them are self-imposed. Like they're 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 made up marketing deadlines, right? And so I think that, you know, taking the extra five minutes, and that's something that I struggle with. I have struggled with in the past, at least. I've kind of had to check myself and say, like, okay. Walk away for five minutes, come back, give it a read out loud, make sure that it all makes sense. Because the last thing you want to do is put something out to the world that's going to make you look foolish in front of your customer. Because you, you know, failing fast with your copy is a good way of failing fast with acquiring new customers. So, no, that, that's that's really interesting. So, definitely, you know, kind of the takeaway lesson seems to be to take the extra five minutes, you know, put in that extra work when it comes to your copy and, and, you know, 80, 20 rule does apply, but maybe go 85, 15 and you'll, you'll end up doing 50% better. Yeah. You mentioned something there and I think it's really important. Read it out loud. Don't just read it in your head, read it out loud and even better have someone else read it out loud. If it's something that's really short, I mean, when they read it, you'll hear immediately where the problems are. And then you're like, oh, that wait, that doesn't sound right. Or you're not reading that right. Well, no, they read it correctly because they're reading it. And that's how your customers are going to read it. That's how your prospects are going to read it. And so, so they didn't read it incorrectly. They read it the way that most people are probably going to interpret this. So you need to fix it. Right. Well, okay. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I think reading it out loud is another wonderful takeaway. So I've got a couple of questions here that I got, uh, you know, just throughout the week talking to people about, you know, kind of what do you want to know about storytelling and, and, you know, telling a great story in regards to your company. And so starting off, number one, the first question I got here is my product isn't very interesting and is in an extremely niche B2B space. How do I tell a great, interesting story about it? Um, yes, I know what that's like. Uh, I've, I've, I've been there. Here's the thing. Even if your product isn't super sexy and super interesting, if this is your question and you're still a viable company, then there, there are companies that need what you have. Again, the story doesn't have to be sexy. It just has to be effective. So being able to identify that pain point and being able to have somebody go, aha, yes, I know that. That's all that matters. You just need the hook. And if you can be effective from there, then you're golden. If your product isn't super sexy, if it's if your product is just simply effective, then you just need to be effective. Okay. That's that's an interesting point. I think that that's, that's a really great way of summarizing it, right? Is just saying, you know, it doesn't have to be sexy. You don't have to tell this fun, cool, whimsical story, right? You can just say, you can tell an effective, to the point, no nonsense story. And that can work just as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and that's the thing. Like, I always want to go for the funny thing, the sort of the inside joke, the Star Wars reference or whatever. But, you know, my company, that's not, I mean, in our blog, we might do some of that. But on our marketing material, we don't, we, that, that's not it at all. So a lot of times I'll start with the funny thing. And so I'll write that all out and then I'll, I'll reduce from there. And that's a perfectly viable strategy as well, because then, you know, it, it's sort of cathartic for you then as the writer. And 
you, you know you're going to edit it all out anyway, but you were still able to put it down there. And if nothing else, it got the juices flowing, right? It gets you to just start putting things down. And a lot of times that's one of the big hurdles. Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, I think. So just, yeah, you know, definitely kind of match the, match the market tone, match the kind of your brand voice and, you know, definitely look at it that way. And match the expectations of your buyers. So if, you know, again, don't have a sexy product and you're selling to insurance companies that don't need that sort of flash and flare, they're not expecting that. They want the Joe Friday version. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Um, Okay. So uh, next question here. Uh, That was a great answer. Thanks, Jason. Next question. I can't write. Is there alternative ways to tell a good story? Maybe a podcast or a video? Would you apply the same lessons? That's a great question. I think the framework needs to stay the same, right? Find the hook. You know, what's the title of the episode of your podcast, right? What's what's the pain point and what impact does that pain point have? And then what's the resolution that? Once you've got a handle on that framework, you can apply it to any medium. I mean, if, if you can't write, but you can talk till the cows come home and you're, you're effective in that regard, by all means. It's just really a matter of being able to identify what your strengths are and being able to meet your prospects and your buyers where they are. So, I mean, you may not be a good writer, but if your buyers are listening to podcasts or watching videos, then yeah, sure, go that right. Although I will say if you're doing a video, you should write a script for the video so you know it's going to be said. Yeah, I never do that with my videos. I just go in cold. I actually don't even edit most of them, to be honest. I just kind of go one take and then hit it. So... <laughs> But I should write a script. You were probably right. <laughs> okay. And, and, and it, 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 again, it all depends, right? So if you're just doing sort of like a how-to explainer, you know, you might just have like a little outline. I guess maybe that's the thing. If, if you know your talking points so well, you don't need to write them down. You can just have an outline. And that's really just to make sure you don't forget anything, right? But I think the point of being aware of how the story affects your prospect, I think, is the thing that you really need to, to have have down. How you choose to present that is entirely up to you. Makes sense. Cool. Well, I, I really like that. I think that's useful advice. So last question here, my company sells to multiple different sorts of clients. How do I tell an inclusive story that reaches each archetype or should I even try and just focus down on one? What's your advice? That's a great question because here's the thing. You can have a company that sells the same product to multiple different verticals and there are nuanced differences in how you pitch those verticals. In that case, having a single unified message, I think might be actually kind of dangerous in some respects. There are two things that I think about this. One, you have to go at even bigger macro level, right? So if you're selling to all these companies, then there has to be some commonality between. There has to be some common pain point. So at the macro level, you focus on just that common pain point, nothing else. Right. So just the common pain point across all of your different verticals and not focus on some of the other... um... Right. If that's your homepage, boom, that's your H1, right? But as you drill down on your subpages, you you clearly have to identify this product helps these verticals, these industries, these whatever, then once you're able to hook them initially that you're going to solve the problem and then show them that, you know, this is sort of the resolution, right? 
resolution on your homepage is here's the problem, here's how it affects you, here's the resolution because our thing will work with your industry. Click here to learn more about you know how that works, and then you just start all, all over again. So for your industry, here's your specific pain point. Here's how it impacts you, and here's how our it's it's like called, you know siloing, right? So you have these different silos, and so you have you have your broad header, and then you repeat the process for all your verticals. That makes a lot of sense. So basically, find the common pain point, but when it comes to each different vertical, each different customer archetype, what have you, then go ahead and kind of direct people down their respective rabbit holes and make it more and more specific just to them as you go down. Right. Okay, perfect. Well, Jason, I, I really appreciate the time that you, uh, that you've given us here today. You know, I want to give you one minute to plug anything you want. I always let my guests plug anything that they'd like here at the end. And so, yeah, let you plug, but thank you. Thank you again so much for joining us. Sure. Well, I, I appreciate the uh, chance to come on and uh, talk some shop and it's been a good time. I guess the only things that I would plug is one, I have a book on Amazon. If you Google or go on Amazon, look right in my name, Jason Myers, M-Y-E-R-S, and the word Ireland, you will be able to find my book. It's in paperback. It's quite affordable. If you know someone who's obsessed with Ireland, want to give them a book about Irish history, uh, I highly encourage them to do mine. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is I, I do uh, do freelance uh, copywriting. So if you need someone to take an extra look at something, I'm more than happy to do that. I've got a Facebook page, um, The Content Doctor. And I also have doctorofcontent at gmail.com. So if you have any needs, um, you know, I'm, I am available on a freelance basis and I can, uh, you know, you know, turn things around pretty quickly, especially if, especially for marketing stuff. Like I said, it tends to be pretty short. So um, it's not too much of a problem for me. Cool. All right. Well, Jason, thank you so much again. Truly appreciate you coming here and educating everybody on the proper way to tell a story. Lots of awesome lessons to take forward and use to, you know, take your marketing to the next level and not just your marketing, every aspect of it to kind of convey the value that you've been working so hard to build. So thank you, Jason. And thank you all, everybody listening. Happy marketing.